same China, different stories. We are the ones that found their way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. episode of ABC. I'm very excited for this one because for Rachel, I sort of, I want to say I creeped on Instagram <laughs> and this is my new girl crush. So I'm really excited that you said yes to interviewing with me. And now we're going to talk about you and your story. So hi, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much. It's an honor to be your girl crush. <laughs> Yay. Oh my gosh. It was just all your posts and a lot of the messages that you share, I think I resonate very well with personally. So I was like, oh, I really want to talk to her. And then I was talking to another adoptee on a previous episode and she was like, yeah, you should just like ask her to be on the podcast. I was like, yeah, I know, but I feel like since I've been creeping, it's a little awkward. And <laughs> that daddy was like, no, the other person was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'm sure she would be fine. <laughs> so. Yeah, I creep on people all the time, so it doesn't weird me out at all. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> That's how I got a lot of guests. But I yeah. mean, what else is there to do these days, so? Oh my goodness, really, though, what else is there to do? Rachel, please introduce yourself, your, where you were adopted from, everything about. Yeah, so I was adopted at seven months old from Guangdong, um, which is in the south. Um, and I remember my parents saying it was like really, really hot and all of us were really sweaty because it was way in the south. And yeah, then my parents flew me back to Cleveland, Ohio, and that's where I was raised until I moved to New York for college. And you moved to New York for college, and what did you study? Like, what was your field of focus? Well, I went to NYU, and I kind of went to the school that people go to when they don't really know what they want to do, and they kind yeah. of want to, like, study whatever they want. Yeah, I never know what to say when people ask my major, but I basically spent most of my time studying film and TV production and gender and sexuality. Not necessarily, like, together, but... They're just two things I'm interested in. So that's mainly what I focused on. It's good to study stuff you're interested in and what you like to do. And yeah. I, I always ask that question too, but I was having this conversation recently, especially in with strangers that's like, you know, this present day, I don't necessarily know what I want to be doing. So when I have that, that question is always asked with attentive, like, yeah, I studied this specific thing and I did not mean it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it worked out. I do work in TV, so mm. <laughs> yeah, I work as um, a script supervisor and associate producer, um, and it's really weird right now because normally we shoot in a studio, but ever since COVID, we've been shooting from home, so yeah. Which I imagine is a complicated process. It is really strange because normally I would be like in a control room with a headset, and now I'm not in the control room, so I have to like pull up a live stream what's happening and like call into a conference call instead of wearing a headset um but it's all worked out pretty well okay it's strange <laughs> it's really strange and it's all from home so you must get a lot of video time in like screen yeah. time video time oh my screen. god it's yeah it's honestly too much and then of course like after work I just go on other screens like I close my work computer and then I like open up Instagram on my phone so it's just like screens all day oh my gosh I, <laughs> I, I can't imagine 
it's bad I should like read a book <laughs> <laughs> or go out running as we were just talking about <laughs> yes I should do that instead of more screen time you're uh you're in Manhattan right yeah I live in Harlem Central Park is not too far from you right or is it kind of like it's like a 25 minute walk okay uh, yeah so sometimes I do walk there like on the weekends but right now, like, since it's winter, the sun sets so early. By the time I would get there after work, it'd probably be dark. But oh, yeah. So when the weather's nicer and the sun's out longer, I guess I'll be much more pleasant of a time. Yeah, over this past summer, I did so many walks in Central Park because, I mean, there wasn't that much to do. So I just ended up doing that a lot. <laughs> did you do a lot of exploring, too? Because I, I know there's off the main route like that main bike route there's like a lot you can explore too yeah I mostly like stay up on the north end because that's where I live and it's really like naturey up mm-hmm. there which is really nice it's a little bit less touristy than like the southern and central parts so and there's like <laughs> this is so nerdy but I got into like bird watching over quarantine because mm-hmm. like you know always looking for new hobbies and I was walking in the park one day and this really sweet lady was like feeding the birds and she gave me some bird seed so then I bought my own bird seed and I started going out there and feeding the birds oh and yeah. you can do that you don't get in trouble for that I'm pretty sure it's illegal <laughs> <laughs> like it's actually weird like there are a ton of people who do it now I think everyone's just like looking for new things to do and like whenever I go out there there's a bunch of people doing just the same thing casually feeding the birds <laughs> Not the pigeons, though. It, it's, oh, like God. Cute, it's like cute little, um, like, titmice and chickadees. It's not pigeons. Okay. I wouldn't go that yeah. far. <laughs> oh, man. The pigeons are, I think, I feel like that's, like, its own thing in New York is pigeons. Yeah, that's, like, a whole different ball game that I don't really want. I mean, yeah, they just seem so dirty. <laughs> no offense, pigeons. <laughs> New York has been described that way, so it's not really... Yeah, our wildlife is not really <laughs> the rats and the pigeons and the cockroaches. Oh, <laughs> yes. What other hobbies have you tried or explored over just in quarantine? Have you ex- explored more or have you done other hobbies and stuff before this? Um. Well, I mean, I used to really like going to museums and like mm. trying new restaurants and stuff like that. But all of that's kind of not really a thing anymore. I know you can go to museums, but I haven't really gone to any recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to do a lot more just like exploring all around the city. So ever since quarantine, I've been staying mostly up in Harlem. What else have I tried? I was like really into working out at the beginning. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't realize it would last so long. And I was like going really hard and I was like, okay, I can't go to the gym. So I'm just going to like work out really hard at home. And then when I go back to the gym, like, I'll be fine. And I feel like I was in the best shape of my life <laughs> at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> and that kind of slowly fell by the wayside. I've still been doing it, but not quite as much. Not as, as yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> lost a little bit of motivation. What else? I feel like... I'm trying to think. I feel like I was doing some kind of craft and clearly it didn't really catch on because now I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> I did some like adult coloring book thing at one point. Oh my God, what was the craft that I was doing? That is so sad that I can't remember. <laughs> well, it has almost been a year now. So 
Yeah, it has been quite a while. It's like January hit and everybody gets on that workout drive, <laughs> that energy. And then we all got shut down and everybody got, had a refresh of that workout drive and it probably faded out. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, and it's like no one knew how long it would last. So I feel like everyone just kept hoping like, okay, it's going to be over soon. Mm-hmm. And now it's like <laughs> been an entire year. Oh, oh that is so sad. I'm trying to think like a year ago exactly. I mean, I started this podcast, I would say. That's about it. <laughs> That's exciting. That's I a good like quarantine activity. It's just like I have to do it now. It it bothers me if I don't. I don't know if that's like a healthy thing or not. (laughs) No, I feel like that's good. I feel like I have a problem with sticking with things sometimes, as I said about the working out and the craft, (laughs) but I can't remember. Like I get like really excited about something and start it and then (laughs) I kind of lose my motivation. So it's good that you've stuck with it. I was to say, I'm trying to figure out how to segue this in. Well, I guess I kind of can because part of like why I was creeping on you and like consistently checked on your profile in a good way it was like uh I I feel like you posted a lot of content that people don't like want to talk about usually and that's I don't know I feel like talking to people especially on this forum this medium and being able to like talk about stuff that people don't usually want to talk about is nice if that makes sense and yeah I agree I feel like this is a warning I shouldn't per se warning quote unquote that it might become adult content from here on out maybe (laughs) yes how did you start to promote and then because you posted a basically basically you posted about a vibrator and I was like whoa shit that's like not something you see all the time and it is something that we all do when we talked initially you were saying that this company contacted you. I was like, wait, so what were you posting before that this com- company was like, hey, like try our new product? I think I, I was trying to figure out the same thing because I, I'm i not like an influencer. It's just mm-hmm. like a personal account and I don't have that many followers. And I was like, how did they find me? Um, but I follow a lot of sex toy companies on Instagram and oh. sometimes like comments on their content. And I think that might be how they found me. Um, okay. That's the only thing I can think of um but yeah and I was surprised it was legit because so many companies have like bots that will dm you and comment on your content that's like hey do you want to collab but it's not real real Mm. um but I don't know why it just seems like legit so I was like sure and then they sent me a vibrator and I was like this is great That's pretty cool. I feel like that's marketing at its finest. Like, that's true. Like, you commented or you followed all these sex toy companies, and then they're like, all right, let's, like, check out your profile. Yeah. Um, and I guess you have to be public, too. That probably helps. I don't know. Yes, yeah. mine is public. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I before um, COVID had all the events ever canceled, I used to go to this um, sex expo in Brooklyn. It's actually free every year. So that's how I found out about a lot of the sex toy companies because they always have like booths at the sex expo Mm -hmm. so I follow a lot of them because they're really cool and innovative and a lot of them are run by women and they're very feminist and obviously sex positive so I follow them and Mm -hmm. yeah I'm pretty sure that's how they found me and they were like yeah we'll send you a free vibrator if you just post about it and I was like sure why not yeah I mean yeah why not (laughs) right like vibrators can be expensive I was like I'll take it (laughs) I I feel like a good one costs you minimum at least a hundred so yeah for real money 
Yeah, I know. I'm like trying to ask about this and not filter myself too much at the same time. It's like, wait, the whole point of talking about it is to talk about it. it it's like this whole twisted logic. My mind keeps thinking like, oh, you got to be careful what you say. But I know it's hard. It's um, very tough to like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of what holds me back sometimes too is like being worried that like my job will see it or mm. like my coworkers and my boss will judge me. Like every time I post something remotely sex positive, even like not even the vibrator post, but like mm-hmm. just anything like a thirst trap, I like get nervous that my coworkers are gonna be like, what the fuck is she doing? Um, <laughs> and then I just like try to remind myself, like it doesn't matter. First of all, I'm not going in the office anyway, so I don't have to face these people in person <laughs> anymore. And I, I honestly don't think many of them care. And if they do, then it's like, whatever, you know, my sex positivity doesn't like affect the way I do my job or mm-hmm. how professional I am in the workplace. So. Yeah. It's concerning if you really had to worry about that and what company you work for. I guess it depends on the company you work for, how strict they are about that kind of rule. But Yeah. I mean, I don't think they really care, but I always get kind of nervous just because of like, you know, society. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the thing though. Cause I was just thinking, it's like, I don't imagine your coworkers are like actively like looking, seeking you out. It's like, what is she posting today? Right. Unless you're very close to any of your coworkers. But I, I imagine like most coworkers aren't like trying to check out your social media and be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing? like, I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so either, luckily. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's like we, I feel like we get caught up in our own heads about stuff that it ends up like not even mattering at all at the end of the day. Yeah, that's so true. It's like the only thing holding you back is yourself. Yeah. I totally. feel that a lot. <laughs> it's really tough not to get in your own head when stuff happens for sure. Yeah, but I've been trying to like do that less lately. And yeah, I just, I feel like, I've always been a sex positive person and I've always advocated for sex positivity, but I feel like this past year I've just felt really like moved to talk more about it publicly going back to, I feel like I keep bringing up coronavirus. It's always in the back of my mind, but no, just it, like, <laughs> it is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. But just like being in this quarantine for so long and like dealing with the trauma of like a global pandemic has kind of made me realize like it really doesn't matter what people think and like if you're passionate about Mm. something even if other people think it's weird or like uh unacceptable then you should just do it it doesn't matter oh my goodness I feel like I've had so many people telling me this recently I think Clubhouse has a very nice focus of it's basically I feel like it's a podcaster's dream it's like long-form audio podcast but you have multiple people who can speak so it can be not as structured as maybe you would like depending on what your podcast is yeah but there's a lot of rooms where it's like adoptee rooms is how I started it but there's a lot of ones for like marketing and business and like networking Mm -hmm. and sometimes you go into these rooms and people will start talking and they do their introductions like hi my name is so-and-so and I own a company or I am like this person who does this this and this on my day job and then I do this at night and what the what the heck do you guys sleep or 
so it's like sometimes I've gone into these rooms I'm circling back eventually but I go into these rooms and it's like oh my goodness I feel like I am very inadequate compared to these people who are like oh I'm a UX designer or I'm a surgeon like all this intense jobs or something or like I I mean even your job title sounds like pretty pretty fancy it's like I'm associate producer and script like writer or um script script supervisor script su- still script supervisor script writer supervisor still like that has like a lot I'm like well I'm here just you know I'm in New York and I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> but yes that message has definitely become more prevalent or hopefully more prevalent too of like yeah um do you like what you're doing because that's all that really matters right now yeah at least something good has come out of the pandemic right I think Uh-oh. more people are becoming more confident in themselves yeah I think so too and just realizing that like life is short um sadly but mm-hmm. you know you should do with it what you want and I don't know maybe maybe not seeing our coworkers in person is like <laughs> sometimes I think that can help like boost your confidence oh like, yeah at least for me with the like sex positivity stuff like I know that I won't have to face them in person the next day. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. It makes it a little bit easier. I think it's just great to see content like yours. Actually talk about this with somebody or like see that people talk about this because my personality is very much I share a lot, especially in person, not necessarily on recording. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do yeah. that too. I, I overshare a lot. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I'm so comfortable <laughs> talking about sex. I'm just mm-hmm. like naturally an overshare. So we all do it. <laughs> yeah cool to like just see that and then they talk about yeah and I mean it's sometimes I feel like it's 2021 and by now it should be so much more socially acceptable and in a way it is like Mm -hmm. I feel like in the media there's so much sex all the time but it's still like I feel like it's still kind of stigmatized and I'm sure a lot of people like when they saw that post were like whoa Like, I feel like there's still a little bit of shock value in it, even though sex is kind of everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would even say it was like there was a shock value, but it was like a good shock value on my end. I was like, whoa, this is so awesome. Someone's actually, let me go like check out this, (laughs) this vibrator. It's like, whoa, okay. And it's like, that's an expensive ass vibrator. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a pretty wild one. I've never, I've never really had one like that. So I was excited when they messaged me about it. Yeah, and I think also, I feel like it wouldn't be a sex positive conversation if we didn't bring, if I didn't bring up the fact it's like, I, it's unfortunate that a- Asian women are like hypersexualized and Asian men are like complete opposite. I know, it's, it's such a double standard and it's just, it's just like racist, <laughs> to put yeah. it plainly. Yeah, and it's, it's upsetting for both sides of it. Actually, I was just... I, like, recently discovered this sexpert, I guess you would call him, um, and he does these, like, videos basically teaching you how to be good at sex, and he's Chinese, and I was like, people need to see this. I was like, people need to watch this. His name is Kenneth Play. Yeah, and he's Chinese, and I'm like, if anyone doubts that Asian men or Chinese men can be sexy, like, they need to watch these videos, because he's, Mm. like... I mean, they're educational videos, but they're really good. Like, he's Mm -hmm. so, like, gentle, and you can tell he really knows what he's doing, but he also, um, like, cares for his partner afterwards. 
so he's really good. That's so cool. I guess we can go yeah. back to talking about China, being a Chinese adoptee. <laughs> I guess this is called adopted babies from China. Yeah, like I'll insert a break. With China, have you been back at all? Do you want to go back, especially to like specifically where you adopted from? Yeah, I haven't been back, but I really would like to go. I mean, the the main thing that's held me back is just the cost of travel so far. Although I'm hoping to travel a lot more when the pandemic is over. Since now that we can't really travel, I'm like really thirsty to travel, <laughs> and that's definitely like one of my top destinations. And another thing that holds me back, not holds me back enough to, that I wouldn't go. But I do get a little bit nervous about the fact that I don't speak Chinese, and I know if、mm. I went there, everyone would probably assume <laughs> that I spoke Chinese. So that's a little bit anxiety-inducing. But I definitely、mm. want to go back. Yeah, it sucks that that's anxiety-inducing with like the language barrier because it's. I know. I I've talked to people some. Adoptees learning Chinese specifically to go back and be able to communicate, and then I've talked to others who don't have interest, and then so it's like a wide range, and it's it's a bummer. Like that would hopefully that doesn't hold you back because I think most people end up speaking English, maybe. Yeah, I think I actually I did take it in high school、um, for a couple years, and I was really good, but. Like we barely scratched the surface because obviously there are so many characters and there's so much to learn.、Mm-hmm. And then I also have Duolingo. Oh, that's another quarantine hobby that I gave up. <laughs>、um, <laughs> I also have Duolingo, which I have not practiced in a really long time. But I think if I ever did go back to China, I would just like go really intense on trying to brush up my Chinese. It would still it. be very basic, but at least、oh, I、yeah. could feel a little bit more confident about it. That's a good use of Clubhouse too. <laughs> they have like, they have a club called the Mandarin Learners Club, and they sometimes just have rooms that open that you can just join and like try to speak Chinese or just listen. You can just listen too. I'm definitely that person who tries to speak and people end up correcting me the whole time. And I'm like, well, that's fine. At least I'm learning something. <laughs> yeah, and it's all audio, right? So like, it's all audio. <laughs> exactly. I love the whole audio aspect of.、It. I mean, you have your little picture, but you can change that to something else completely. Yeah. It's like you won't. I can change it to、me. like a white girl, and they would never know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do, I do know you link your Instagram and all that stuff on there, so I did link my Instagram, and I realized it's like, oh wait, I've actually started to post more of my face in the adopted babies from China one. So it's seven o'clock.、Um, oh my god, I forgot my computer does that. I'm so sorry. Oh, I was like, what just happened? It、uh, like announces the time every hour. Oh, I was like, what? I need to turn that off. It like shocks me every time, and then I forget to turn it off until it does I, again. I didn't even know what your computer could do that. Yeah, I don't know what the point of it is. I guess <laughs> you're spending too long on the computer. Stop. Maybe that's funny. We're also recording right before the Lunar New Year and Valentine's Day too. So, oh yeah, that too. So hope hopefully everybody had a nice New Year. I remember last year for Lunar New Year, I tried to go to. There was like a big parade in Chinatown, and I、mm. tried to get there. And as I was arriving, it was like ending. <laughs> so、oh. I tried, and it like didn't work out.、Um, and then this year. Uh, the parade's not happening. I assume. I hope、yeah. <laughs> it's not happening.、Uh, but maybe next year. Yeah, maybe I'll just like order dumplings. <laughs> yes. 
yeah I do want to do that too I was like maybe I could like make some but it takes so much work I've never made dumplings I I don't know why I feel like I'd be bad at it it takes a lot of time and patience for sure yeah I've I've like watched videos of people doing it and I'm like that looks incredibly difficult although Mm -hmm. I yeah I'm not really much of a cook anyway so I feel like that's a little advanced I don't know I did make it once. I think I made it once. It just took a lot of time. It wasn't too hard, but it did take a lot of time. I was like, I don't know why. I guess did they, turn out good? they did turn out good. I think it's the company oh, yeah. too. It's kind of like something you should do with other people if you can, because otherwise it's not as fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree about like all cooking is probably more fun with company. I don't know. I feel like Whenever I cook for myself, first of all, it doesn't even taste that good <laughs> compared to when I like go out or order delivery. And then I don't like the fact that I spend so long cooking it and then it's like gone in two seconds after I eat it. Do you ever do, I mean, I do this. It's like I make so much that it lasts me like seven days of dinner time. <laughs> like I cook like Yeah, and then amount. I get really bored <laughs> and yeah. then I get bored of it. That's true, but I don't want to cook, so I'm just going to eat the same thing I had for the whole week. Um, (laughs) I wish I could be someone who, like, really loved to cook, but never happened for me. (laughs) We all have, yeah, I mean, because getting food from anywhere in the city can really be just as good, cost just as much sometimes when you equate, like, groceries and, yeah, did that analysis. that's true. (laughs) I guess this kind of does transition into a little bit of, um... Oh, sorry, were you about to say something? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I just said New York's expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could go on a whole rant about that, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, like a whole TED Talk. A whole TED Talk. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk about this. <laughs> no. um, I don't know why I thought this would transition into, it's like, yeah, we're talking about, like, oh, what holidays do the Chinese celebrate? And it's, like, <laughs> such Asian-American adoptees here and oh because I always ask as my last question is is there anything you would like to hear from other adoptees or other people that adoption has become a big part of their life anything I'd like to hear from them hmm that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know I mean I feel like all of our experiences are so different like I don't know. I just like reading and hearing about like everybody's individual stories. Mm. And I mean, that's part of why this podcast is such a great idea Um, because everyone's experience is so different. Um, And it's really interesting to hear about. And I don't really have that many adoptee friends like in real life, but I've met a lot of Asian and Chinese adoptees online. So that's been really awesome. Yeah. When this is over though, because I am in New York, I was like, we should meet in the in the in real life world yeah that would be be fun Um, it's always nice like meeting someone online and then they miraculously live in the same city as you yeah it's like oh i have (laughs) met i have met a couple people but not too many (laughs) that's awesome i i have like a lot of virtual friends and a bunch of them randomly live in like austin texas and i'm like i'm so glad i'm friends with you guys but (laughs) you live so far away there are a lot of us in New York City, though, for sure, adoptees. Yeah, I need to, like, get in on those meetups when uh, the pandemic is over because I've never been to one, and they sound really fun, and Ooh. I think it would be nice to, like, get to know 
other adoptees. The one that's personally resonated with me really well is also known as Ink. If you look that also up. Also known as Ink? Yeah. They're really, they're international focus, uh, but it, it definitely was started by a Korean adoptee. The founder is a Korean adoptee, but it's an international focus. They're a very good organization, I would say. That's how I've met quite a few people. I highly recommend that one. And usually before, or usually when it's not concerned for safety, they have events twice a month or something like that. I haven't been to many. I went to one and mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> but they're a good organization. Yeah, I'll have to check it out if I remember how to socialize in person when this is all oh, over. Oh my god, I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm like kind of nervous for like the first time I go out. I'm like, is this going to be weird? Like, am I going to remember how? how but I think everyone kind of feels that feels way. Feels that way, definitely. I mean, I have that problem now with my current roommates where I'll say something and I completely... That's English. You understand me, right? <laughs> the wrong word or the wrong, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. I live alone, so I just talk to myself all day. Oh, there you go. I was like, oh. Good thing you have virtual friends then. Yeah, for real. It's been very helpful during this time. Yeah, I'm sure it gets lonely too. Yeah, it does. But I never have to wear pants, which is a plus. Yeah, sadly, I do have to do that. <laughs> That is unfortunate. It's One of the main parts of living alone. Mm-hmm. It's like no pants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My previous roommate would laugh at that. <laughs> it's so much more comfortable. It is. It is. I do understand. I definitely understand. Would you like to share your Instagram or any social media? Oh see? sure. My Instagram is Baby Got Slack, like the song Baby Got Back, but it's my last name, which is Slack. Like that. Yes. That's a good ringer. I don't know. Can't can't top that. That's a great name. Thank you. Yeah. So that's every that's a, that was this episode of ABC with Rachel, my girl crush Instagram creeping <laughs> friend. I Thank might cut so that part out. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. This is fun. I feel like I really enjoy talking to you. So I love it to keep chatting. Yeah, likewise. With you. Thank you for listening to ABC. You can reach me at adoptedbabiesfromchina at gmail.com or adoptedbabiesfromchinapod on Instagram and Facebook. Please rate and review or just...